Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. But, uh, yeah, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Father, I ask that you would come with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that you would touch us tonight. Father, I just ask that you would open our eyes to see wonderful things from your word, to see wonderful things from your heart, to really, um, I ask that you would take us into heaven's perspective, that we would see from your place of glory the way that things are, that our perspectives would be claimed, would be changed, that our eyes would be filled with light. Lord, we want to see clearly. So just come, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, during worship, I was just thinking, you know, just this isn't what I'm going to talk about, but I love talking, just opening with talking about joy. And just what a joy it is that life isn't about us. You know what I mean? Life isn't about me. It's not about what's going on in my life. My life is about worship to Jesus. It's about worship it's about worshiping and bringing the glory and the honor that's due His name. And I feel like there's so much freedom in that, right? Like, how many of you would agree, amen, life isn't about me, it's not about what's going on in my life, not about my home, my emotions, all that stuff. I get to come here tonight, step outside that, and just behold Jesus and just worship Him. And that's such a beautiful thing, right? Like, there is no other escape. Like if you, you know, you can go down the road of drugs or any other thing, there's no form of escape that actually brings you true joy like beholding Jesus. Like there is nothing, there is nothing. You can, you can go search all the earth and you'll never find another one like him. You will. And um, just to, there's a, there's a quote that I actually read this week that I really like that's coming to mind, but it's, um, it was uh, by Peter, Peter something or another, I don't remember his name, but he said, please don't get so close to your Christian faith that you forget to let it put a smile on your face. Don't become so familiar with Jesus that it loses its wonder and doesn't bring you joy anymore. So many times in life I feel like we have to go back and redig those old minds, restudy those old scriptures of just, you know, Romans 5.1, I've been justified by faith and I have peace with God. And we have to reignite that flame and go back to him and go, Holy Spirit, this isn't old, this is new, like bring fresh revelation. Bring fresh revelation. I need that fresh joy. Say, I need that fresh joy. Amen. Yeah, yeah, we all need it. Yeah. So tonight what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to, um, I want to talk about Jesus, number one, beholding Jesus. We're just going to take a little time at the end and we're just going to look at him and we're going to kind of meditate on him and, and it's, we're going to go someplace. It's going to be fun. But I want to talk about the relationship between the father and the son. Jesus and his father, and kind of the way that, that love, how they're both love, and how that looks. How does that change the story? You know what I mean? We can read the passages of Jesus, you know, he comes, heals the sick, cleanses the lepers, does all this stuff, and he goes, and that can kind of be like, we can have like a monotone picture in our head of, you know, Jesus coming and, and walking very perfectly and being like, be healed. 
and, and we can miss the heart of Scripture so many times. We can get so familiar with it that we miss out on the joy, we miss out on the love, the peace, and, and it becomes dead at the end of the day, and we, don't want, we want living word. You know what I mean? Like this is living and active, and Holy Spirit helps it come alive. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what the love of the Father, the way that the Father loved the Son and the purity that it was, and the way that Jesus loved his Father with purity. And we just, I want to just behold him. Like, let's just behold Jesus tonight. Let's behold the Father. Like, of all the things we could talk about, of all the places we could go in Scripture, the different life applications, let's spend tonight and just behold Him. Like, let's just look at Him and go, Jesus, you're beautiful. Like, Jesus, you're so beautiful. Like, there's, no, there's nothing else out there. Like, he, He's the only one worthy of our time the only one worthy of our thoughts, of our imaginations. Like Jesus, you're the only one worthy. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just come and just lead us into the worship of Jesus, that we would behold him. Yeah, we want to behold you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about love, like I said. Um, and I think his love is something that's so real and powerful. The deeper you go and do his love for you and for the Father, the deeper that you can actually surrender and love him in return. And I think that's something that's so missed so frequently is, is I know at least I did when I was younger and more zealous, I would be like, oh, love, you know, love and grace, that's for the weak people over there. But if you're missing out on the love of God, God is love, you're missing out on God. Like, there is no, I can do this apart from the grace and love of God. There is no, I'm strong enough, I can do this on my own. At that point, you're getting into your own works, and, and you need Jesus to reel you back in. But, like, yeah, like, he is love. And I think it's, it's interesting, because in, um, oh, where is it? It's in John 4.19. It's First John 4.19. We all know it, but he says, we love because he first loved us. Our ability to love him from a pure heart and actually know what love comes from. It comes from first receiving his love. You know, like I can strive to love him in my own ideas and my own opinions, my own ways, my own actions. I can fast, I can pray, I can do all these things. But at the end of the day, if I don't sit down and go, Jesus, how did you love me? And I let it hit my heart, then I won't know what love looks like. Like none of us have seen the Father. You know what I mean? But Jesus is the express image of the Father. So we have to look at Jesus, go, what's love? Oh, wow, you love me this much. This is what love looks like. It looks like purity. And from that place of getting your hearts redeemed and cleaned and freshened and going, wow, you've loved me so well, then there's freedom in your heart to go, I want to love you in return. I want to lay down everything in my life that I can and lay down my life for you just as you laid down your life for me. And I know so much of my life I spent going, man, I just need to, you know, I need to surrender deeper. I need to go more, be more surrendered. But there wasn't any grace on it. And I couldn't figure out how to do it. You know, like, how do you surrender more? I can't force my heart into it. I can't, you know, God, I love you. I'm going to surrender this now. But it's when you actually sit down and you let the love of God hit your heart, that there's freedom and going, wow, I can love you more now. Because so much of it has to come down to human emotions that oftentimes, I know I do this 
quite frequently, but we like to steamroll our emotions and go, oh, that's just your emotions, you know, get out of the way, rather than leading our emotions. And Proverbs 2, it says, steward your heart with all diligence. It doesn't say, like, trample it, you know what I mean? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. It's a stewarding, a, a, a leading of your heart going, okay, I know that you feel this way, but we're going to turn our eyes and we're going to look at Jesus. It's not a, like, you know, we can beat ourselves up and be like, you know, shut up, sit down, you know, we got to go. Like, you're not, that's not very Christ-like of you, and we can have this internal hostility between our mind and our heart. But I think so much of us would benefit if we learned to actually combine the two and flow. You know what I mean? To let Holy Spirit lead our hearts and our minds together. But yeah, all right. This is, this is fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the love of God is so important. One time I was telling a friend, or I was telling, catching up with a friend, and I told him, you know, I was talking about how uh, my past, you know, like past wounds and hurts and traumas and all that stuff, how when you look at the love of Jesus, it erases all of that. So if, you, if, if I have past traumas and excuses for, well, you know, the way that I'm, the way that so-and-so treated me, so damaged me, that I can't love in this way anymore. The way that my, for instance, say it's my neighbor. Say the way that my neighbor injured me so horribly wrong when I was so and so, whatever age it is, I can no longer love in this capacity. And I was explaining how the love of Jesus on the cross was such a powerful example of love, it automatically erases all other excuses for not knowing love. Because once you understand his love for you on the cross, you go, oh my goodness, the way that you love me, if that can mark me, if those injuries, if those uh, places of offense can injure me, how much more can the love of Jesus on the cross completely redeem and sanctify and set free every other part in my heart? And I was explaining it to him. I was like, I was like yeah, you know, I was in the, at the time I was back in Kansas City, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was in the prayer room, you know, just getting touched with the fact that Jesus loves me. You know what I mean? And it was redeeming all of these old things. And, and his response was like, his response was like, oh, that's cute. You know what I mean? And, and that's such an understatement of the love of God. Like if, if you think the love of God is cheap and cute and like all that, you, you get what I'm saying? Like the love of God is something that's essential. It's powerful. It's strong. Like it, it's flames are the very, you know, flames of Sheol. Like, it's not something that you, that you laugh at. You go, oh, that's for the weak people. You know what I mean? Like, like, without the love of God, the powerful zeal that he has towards us and in us, like, we're not going to get very far. And so, like, yeah, like, the love of God is real. Like, it's holy. There is a holiness and a purity to it that actually demands respect and demands, like, an honor of going, oh, my goodness, Father, you are holy. Like, you are love itself. You are the very core, the very true definition of what love is. That is who you are, and I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to honor what true love is, because that's, that's you. God is love. So I'm going to honor that. And so I just want to say that, like, love is so much, it's so important. Like, we can't underestimate it. We can't step over it. We can't push it aside. And, I mean, you, we could do this with so many topics. We could talk about joy in this way. But I just want to hit love and say there are no super Christians that graduate from the love of God. It doesn't happen. Like, it's never going to happen. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Like, why would I want to live life in my own strength outside of the love of God? 
Like, why would I want to? That doesn't sound any fun. Why would I want to live in a cold world where it's all based on works and I, and I go and I'm strong and it's all about me and hoorah? Like, no, I want to go with him. It's a journey. It's a friendship. It's about knowing him. So anyhow, that's like the intro. So Jesus help me. Um, all right, so we're going to start breaking down the motivations of Jesus first and then of the Father. And so this is about like their whole time on earth. And so I'm going to break down a couple motivations of, that each of them had. And then I'm going to go back and we're going to look at some stories. And we're going to just try and breathe. We're going to see if Holy Spirit just breathes fresh life on these stories, knowing the motivations behind him. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Try it. Yep, you got it. I love that one. That's one of my favorite ones, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. All right. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, so the first, first, one of the first motivations that Jesus had when he came to the earth and when he was living among us was he said this in John 15, 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. I'm going to read that again. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. And so we see that last part. That's a command to remain in his love. So even more, hey, love's important. Big red flashing sign. Love's important. Know his love. Don't just run past it. Uh, but, but before that says, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. And that's interesting because that's with the same love that the Father loved Jesus. Jesus was perfect. So the same way that the Father loved Jesus and he sang over him and he danced over him, and we're going to go into more of it tonight, is the same way that Jesus loves you and me. And so we see right there one of his motivations, one of his biggest motivations is, is us. One of his biggest heart, the way that he lo- was actually loving us. One, way that he came, one reason he came to the earth and lived among us and showed us the example of the Father time and time again was because he loved us. He said, and I like to picture it like this, like like Jesus is there with the Father and the Father's like, I love these people. Will you will you do what needs to be done? And I and I just get this image of Jesus going, If it's if you love them that much, I love them that much. Like if you're for them to that degree that you want me to go, I am too. And I love the obedience of Jesus, and we're going to get into it, and it's going to be so much fun. But I need to keep moving. Um, all right. He, the next one is in Hebrews 12, too. We know it. Uh, for the joy he set before him, he endured the cross. So Jesus is on the, you know, he's enduring the cross. And the joy set before him, I believe one of the, one of the reasons was us. I think, you know, because he, he, he was looking forward to us being with him, glorified, John 17. You know, that they would be with me to see, him, to see my glory. All that stuff, but I think the other one was actually to be reunited with the Father. And we're going to look at um, John 14, 31. Sorry, I'm blowing through these because they're written down. Um, but, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. And that's John 14, 31. So Jesus says, so that you guys would know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commands me. So Jesus is like, hey, Father, I'm going to show my love for you by being completely obedient. 
Like whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you say, Father, I will do. My heart is there. I'm ready. What do you want? I'm ready to go. And I think when we look at these things of Jesus and we're beholding him, it's, it's easy from that point to go, oh, this can be us. This can be my heart posture. A father, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. It's not an issue. Even if it's obedience unto death, I will do it. And I love the purity in that. Is Jesus is going, whatever you command me, I'm there. I'll do it. I love you, Father. And that's, that's so beautiful because his commands aren't burdensome. They're not something that's weighty and heavy. They're a joy. His commands are an opportunity to show him that we love him. Like, that's so, that's so much fun. Like, like, if your motivation, is, if you already love the Father, it's so easy to follow his commands. It's so easy. If you're already in love with the Father, you're already in love with Jesus, like Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Like, following those commands is so easy when you're in the place of love. It's just so easy. And so there, we see, um, we see a couple things. Jesus came to the earth. He operated in the way he did because he loved us. And the second one was because he loved the Father. He was going, I'm going to be obedient to you, Father. Like, I love you. Why wouldn't I do everything you have for me? You know? Um, and the other one, the other third reason he was on the earth, I think, or one of the reasons that he came down here, this is, this is like, I guess it's not exactly motivation, but it's still good. It's John 17, 4. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. I think the other reason he came to the earth was actually to glorify the Father. He's going, I want to glorify the Father, so yes, I'm going to be obedient, but while I'm on the earth, I'm also going to glorify the Father, and I'm going to teach other people to glorify the Father. And so Jesus' two big motivations for being on the earth, for you know, doing the miracles he did, for, for doing everything that he did, for dying on the cross, was for us and for his Father. He's going, I want to love you. I love you guys. He is the very image of love. He is pure love, you know? And so... Now we're going to move on to the Father, and it's probably going to look similar because they're one, you know? So I would imagine their motivations are going to be similar. Um, yeah. So we probably all know this one, but John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him, you know, we know the verse. Um, but he loved the world so much, he gave his son. So we see right there, the mo one of the motivations of the Father is us. Just like Jesus, it's like, they're, it's like they're together or something, you know? Like the Father's motivation for sending his Son to the earth was us. That's one of his motivations. Um, and then we, like he's loved, so we know he's going to love his Son. And it comes out in Scripture, you know, in Luke 2.14. Um, oh, hold on. Mark 1.11, you know, you are my beloved Son, with, whom, with you I am well pleased. Like we see the heart of the Father is he loves his Son. Like, he loves his son. You know? Like, there's real love. Like, like it's so beautiful. Like, the way that the father loves the son and, and just delights in him. And the word delight there is, like, it, it means to, like, dance and to, to shout wildly. And you can go to Zephaniah. Let's go to Zephaniah um, 317 real quick. Zephaniah 3.17. If I can find it, we'll be there. 
Oh, there it is. Right in front of me. All right. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. And so this is a picture of God rejoicing over Israel because he loves Israel. You know what I mean? So he's shouting over him with joy. And the word, there's other translations translated. Um, he rejoices. Oh, he does say that. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. And the, you can translate that word rejoice as dance, skip, or leap. And so we get this image of God dancing and skipping and leaping and shouting joyfully over Israel. He's rejoicing in them. He's celebrating them. And if it's the same God who does that, then surely it's the same Father who does that for his son. You know what I mean? Like when Jesus is on the earth, we, he, was, he was totally singing over him and rejoicing over him and dancing over him. And so what we're going to do now is, um, now that we know kind of the motivations of, of Jesus and the Father, and it's scriptural and it's all sound, we're going to go into a little bit of like meditation. It'll be fun. So I've got some background music, but the reason the background music is there isn't to like, um, it's not to make anything emotional happen. It's simply because I want us to activate our hearts. So I want, us, I want our hearts to come alive and Holy Spirit to just kind of be here. And I'm going to kind of explain these stories from the perspective of love. So I'm going to read through these stories and we're going to talk about them. But first, I just want us to get comfortable. So if you want to lay on the floor, you can lay on the floor want to get on your knees you can get on your knees but we're going to get in that place of holy meditation where we look at the stories of Jesus through the eyes of the father where we look at his life through the eyes of the father and where we look at the father through the pure and holy eyes of Jesus and so holy spirit i just say come come with that spirit of wisdom and revelation i ask that you would touch hearts even right now on the live stream, on those listening to the recordings, Father, I ask that you would begin to move, that you would share with us your heart for the Son. Holy Spirit, come and show us the beauty of Jesus, the way that he loved his Father with purity and never said no, the way that his heart was fully yours all of the time. Jesus, you're beautiful. Jesus, you're beautiful. We ask Jesus that you would show us the love of the Father, the way that, that He loved you. The way that He danced over you with the angels, the way that He sang over you, the way He rejoiced in you and delighted in everything you did. Holy Spirit, just come. Yes, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. He's here. Holy Spirit's here. This is a holy moment. Father, we look at your holiness, we look at who you are, and we say you're beautiful. We say you're holy. There's no one like you. There's none beside you. There's absolutely no one like you. Yes. Yeah, Jesus, we just remember we remember the time in the garden where you created man to look like you. You created us in the image of love in your image and you put us in the garden and you said to be fruitful and fill the earth with the image of love. And Jesus, we remember how, you know, the, the fall, all of that. 
And I just want us to imagine the conversation in, ha- in heaven whenever it happened where the father looked at the son and was like, and the son just knew, I'm going to go. I will give my life for them. And where the father was like, I will give anything to have them back. That's you and me. That's our value. Like the father didn't even withhold his only son. He said, I'll give it for them. It's worth it. That's the value that you and I have. Like let it, Jesus, I ask that that revelation would touch our hearts afresh. And if you're, if you in the room are getting touched or stirred about a certain truth of, of Jesus and the Father, I want you to stay there. Don't, don't mind what I'm talking about, but keep meditating on it. But I'm going to keep going and I want to kind of retell some stories in a new light to where it would freshly awaken our hearts and awaken our minds. Yeah, Jesus, we, we remember through the years of thousands of years that went by where broken men tried to represent the Father where there were many who did good jobs, but none of them displayed the love of the Father perfectly. Moses did a good job. So many of them did well. But Father, not one represented you perfectly. Not one of them displayed your heart of love. I ask that, yeah, not one of them displayed your heart of love. And then after 500 years of silence, imagine this, 500 years of silence. There isn't a prophet in the land. The the land is dry and weary. The Israelite people are crying out and Jesus steps onto the scene. Jesus, the perfect image of the Father, shows up on the scene and is like, Dad, I'm going to represent you rightly. I'm going to show them what love looks like. Imagine the excitement in heaven when Jesus was born. And the angels are are rejoicing because finally, for the first time ever, there is a perfect representation of what the Father looks like. There is somebody out there who is going to display who the Father is because he's been so misinterpreted, so misseen, so abused. And the angels are rejoicing. They're like goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest because the Son has showed up and He's going to bring the revelation of the Father. Imagine the Father's heart in that day when His Son shows up on the scene and He knows that He's going to do a good job. He knows that His Son is going to represent Him rightly. But yet at the same time, He had to give His Son. There had to be so much joy in heaven The father was probably weeping, probably sad. And let's fast forward a little bit more. Let's go to when Jesus is with his disciples and that leper comes to him. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And imagine heaven like, just like, let's paint a picture tonight. Imagine heaven just watching. And the father silences the angels and he's like, let's see what my son's going to do. Let's see if he's going to cast him away like everyone else has. Let's see what's going to happen. How is he going to treat this man? How is love going to treat the leper who doesn't have any friends, who's an outcast, who, who has probably lived his entire life this way? And the father's like, how is my son going to treat him? And Jesus responds, as all of heaven waits, he responds, I am willing 
be clean. Imagine the delight in heaven. Imagine the roar of the Father going, He has represented me clearly. He has shown what love looks like. For the first time, there's a clear image of love on the earth. It's Jesus. For the first time in history, there is a perfect image of what love is, and it's Jesus. Now imagine when Jesus is there and, the, and they bring the woman caught in adultery. And heaven waits again. The Father is watching, the angels, all of heaven is hushed. As they, as they watch Jesus, and they go, what's his response going to be? Will he stone her? Will he go the same route that, that so many leaders had gone before? Or will he display the heart of the Father? Imagine Jesus' response and the joy in heaven, the way that the Father loved the Son, the way that He delighted in Him, in time and time again where Jesus was like, Father, Dad, I'm going to represent you rightly. I'm going to show them what you're like. Imagine the way that Jesus just so loved following the Father. He loved glorifying the Father. It was His heart. It was His passion. It was His joy. And the way that the Father delighted and loved the Son. And now let's, let's keep going. Let's go all the way to John 17. Where it's Jesus' last message to His Father. And Jesus has... He snuck away many times to pray with His Father before. He delighted in His Father. There was such a connection. The love that Jesus had for his father wasn't shallow, it wasn't weak. He was, the father was Jesus' delight and Jesus was the father's delight. There was real zeal there. There was, there's something to be seen in that area. And so it's John 17 and he's like, Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I've made your name known. Keep these ones in your name. And he just, and he says, I wish that they would know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, and the way that he glorified and honored his father, and then in the garden, the way that he, he wept and was bleeding tears and said, I don't want to do this, but not my will, yours be done. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to give my life as a gift of worship to you, Father. I'm going to give my heart as a gift of worship to you, Father. Obedience is the highest form of love. And the way that he went through all the scourges, all the beatings, carried his cross, and loved his Father. The way that he loved us, too. The way that he thought of you and me speaks of the tremendous value. And the way that the Father looked at the Son, and imagine your Son going through 39 lashes and carrying a cross, and your delight is in Him because He's still love. He's still carrying your image. Jesus never gave up and let go of the image of love. He carried it till the very end. And even on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He said, forgive them. Imagine the love in the Father in His heart as He looked down on that moment. Imagine the sadness, the pain. 
And even as Jesus, for that, that split second, was separated from his Father, there was still love, there was still humility, there was still purity going, it's not what I want, it's what you want. My joy is to do your will. Holy Spirit, yeah, we just thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for bringing new life and touching our eyes again to see your beauty, Jesus, to see your beauty, Father, to see the wonder of the cross again and to let it touch our hearts, to let it grip our hearts afresh. Father, I ask for everyone in this room that the, that the beauty of your Son would be our constant delight. That as we go to bed at night, we would meditate on the way that you have loved your son perfectly. That we would meditate on the way that the son has loved and been obedient to the father perfectly. As for just fresh grace to meditate on you. To behold what matters most. To truly behold what is the... The name above all names, of all the things we could imagine, of all the things we can meditate on, we could think about. You are the greatest. Father, there's no one like you. You write the greatest love stories. This is the greatest love story, Father. There is nothing that even compares. I ask that you would take each of us deeper into it. Take each of, our, each of our hearts deeper. Take each of our minds deeper. We want to dwell in this place right between the Father and the Son and with the Holy Spirit and hearing the, your thoughts for one another. Hearing the way that you love one another. I ask for godly dreams tonight. Has come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for your presence. Yeah. And I think just a big application for tonight is just keep beholding the love of God. Keep beholding the way that the Father loves the Son and the way the Son loves the Father. Because that's what's going to redo internally. That's what's going to erase things and rebuild things. And the way that you see Jesus love the Father go, I want that. I want that heart. That heart of obedience. That heart of purity that doesn't complain. It's not nasty. It's not bitter. It's yes, I will do it because I love you. Just abide in his love. Continue to abide in his love. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.